The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the Soccer Talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, let's proudly welcome back to the show in beautiful and sunny Southern California, Mr. Steve Adams. Steve, welcome back. It has been too long. Been a while. Uh, Cloudy and gray and almost on the cool side by... uh... LA standards is kind of in the low 60s so I actually have a sweatshirt on today but um, anyway had some much needed rain earlier in the week but um, certainly a lot of talking points now that things with the World Cup have firmed up a little bit as far as uh, 29 of the 32 competitors are known now. Yes, it was actually quite an interesting draw. I mean, the, the one thing that's unique is the fact that the draw took place and not all competitors are officially in but at least we'll know that the final competitors will know what group they're in. So, so the draw, the draw was still completed somewhat as planned. But uh, you know, they, they can't keep they, they can't keep delaying that because you know the one thing. What, what, there's two things about this World Cup that everybody has to understand. Number one is it, this is the last time that there'll be 32 competitors because four years from now it'll be 48. And number two. This this uh, competition will take place during the summer, and, and it has nothing to do with the pandemic. It's the fact that in Qatar, summers are unpleasant. You've heard me complain about the the summer, the brutal summer heat here in Texas. Huh. It's probably nothing compared to what how hot it is in Qatar. Well, and you know, people have been sounding off a lot uh, from the beginning ever since Qatar was awarded the rights for uh, this 2022 World Cup, but. Uh, you know, as much as a lot of soccer fans have been vocal that they probably shouldn't have gotten the bid, the fact of the matter is they've done it. It's a done deal. And like uh, a kid getting unpleasant medicine from his parents, it's going down. So yeah. uh, November, December, uh, we could take a break from all the usual holiday fare uh, instead of watching uh a wonderful life and christmas story and all that uh for soccer heads will be able to seriously od on uh, on soccer so it, it is what it is but uh but but it's going down and in the, the i don't know if we'll ever see a world cup in november december ever again at least i don't think i will in my lifetime probably not and you know and i've had people ask me because what do i think of it in qatar because of the you know the controversy and everything and to be honest, basically every country that's hosted the World Cup has currently has or has in the past has a, a, a dark a, a dark part of history. I mean, Russia four years ago, South Africa, Brazil, you know, every country that's hosted the World Cup ha, has a dark part of their history. But, but you know, uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, you know, of course me, you know, being of Arabic descent, like, I should be happy that it's taking place in the Middle East. I'm like, I mean, I guess so. But the problem is, you know, with all the, the civil wars, the, the political crises going on with there, the situations, it's it's a tough situation. But every country that's hosted, again, there's, there's always political situations. So it's really nothing new, honestly. Yep, but now we know 29 of 32. Yeah. And CONCACAF, uh, the region that the United States plays in, uh, they they finally finished things out this past week, and the United States got an 800-pound gorilla off their back. Uh, they still lost their last match to Zip in uh, San Jose, 
against the Costa Ricans. And um, it's funny, before the game started, I had I had picked that the U.S. would lose 2-0, but <laughs> I had asked. But I had picked the reason for them to lose. I didn't realize that um, the Costa Rican coach was pretty much going to go with a B team. And since so many of his uh, top first-choice players are on yellow cards, and any yellow cards obtained last week in that last game on Wednesday, those would have actually carried over to the Intercontinental playoff that the fourth-place team with CONCACAF will have to go against uh, New Zealand. Um, so he was afraid of that. So he went with essentially a B squad. And um, I, th I thought that Burhalter went with pretty much a first-choice lineup. And even with all of those things going together, the U.S. still managed to find a way to lose 2-0. Um, U.S. had some good chances to score. Uh, Kaylor Navis showed once again why he's arguably the greatest goaltender to ever play in the in the Kokakif region to come out of this region. No he made three he made three really great top flight saves that kept the US off the scoreboard. But uh, but as long as the US didn't lose by six goals or more, you know, they were gonna get their ticket and uh, the Costa Ricans just pretty much went into it saying, you know what? Uh, we've got fourth ploys locked up. We're going to go with our B squad. We're going to make sure that, you know, none of our top flight guys um, get another yellow card that'll keep them from playing against the Kiwis in the Intercontinental playoff. So um, both sides got what they wanted out of it. Uh, Mexico finished off with a win at home against El Salvador. So they finished second in the region. Canada lost their last game. Um, to Panama and you know it was really kind of a meaningless game on all sides I mean the Canadians pretty much had first place in the group already locked up yeah. Panamanians weren't going to qualify for that so uh, the Panamanians were able to sort of uh, carry their heads high and uh, they showed some flashes of brilliance and I, and I thought quite frankly I thought Christensen did a, a fantastic job of coaching um, but I'll tell you what down the stretch Costa Rica, last seven games, uh, they were they were just money. They got 18 out of a possible 21 points on their last seven games. And when you think about it, back in the fall, you know they were down towards the the bottom feeders. A lot, a lot of people thought, myself included, I really thought that the Costa Ricans didn't have a prayer in hell uh, of not only not finishing in the top three, but no way that they would even get that fourth playoff spot. I thought that was going to be Panama. I really did, at least back in the fall. Yeah, I and did too, and uh, we, t we talked about it as well. Yeah. So um, so anyway, so Kakakov, three teams, and then I, I think you got to give an edge to Costa Rica and their intercontinental playoff that will take place in Qatar uh, against the New Zealanders. I'd have to give Costa Rica the, the edge in that game, but uh, we'll see. Last time New Zealand qualified for a World Cup was back in 2010, where they actually uh, did a pretty decent job. They, they were not an embarrassment when they, when they played in South Africa back in 2010. They were the only team that went undefeated, but they, they didn't make it out of the group stage. I mean, they held, I think the opening game, they, in their opening game, they held Italy, who were defending champions at the time, to a 1-1 draw. Yeah, you know, uh, that was a forgettable tournament for Italy, but uh, but yeah, the, the Kiwis were undefeated. They had three draws in their three matches, and uh, they certainly weren't uh, an embarrassment. But they do have some players who do play in the EPL, so um, it'll, it'll, it'll be an interesting playoff, but I think Costa Rica has, has the edge in that. Uh, the other playoff games, Peru ended up finishing fifth in South America, so they will play, uh, it'll be a playoff between Australia and the United Arab Emirates to decide who's going to be the fifth team in the Asia region. So the Peruvians will play either Australia or they'll, <coughs> excuse me, or they'll go against the UAE. Uh, uh, it'll be interesting because Australia, 
they've made it to like the last, I want to say, previous four World Cups in a row. Mm-hmm. So they, they're on a run. But um, either one of them, whoever's going to be playing against Peru, and Peru was uh, in the last World Cup and didn't play that poorly, um, I think Peru would have to be the favorite coming out of that. Oh, definitely. And then, uh, and then thanks to geopolitics and this awful war going on in Ukraine, uh, the European qualifiers are now in kind of a state of flux because you've got this playoff that's supposed to be between the Scots and the Ukrainians. And, you know, you talk about a game where I'm really you know, pulled in two different directions. I mean, I feel horrible for the Ukrainians, and it would be such a shot in the arm for people uh, from that country if their squad could make it to the World Cup. I think it would be phenomenal. Uh, but as somebody with Scottish DNA, the Scots haven't been at a World Cup since France 1998. Would love to see Scotland make it. And um, Scotland's got some good young players, and uh, they're they're looking, you know, much improved. Uh, the last last year and a half is probably the best that I've seen Scotland play since the, the late 90s. Yeah. And whoever wins the playoff between Scotland and the Ukrainians they get the Welsh and Gareth Bale to play for that final spot with the for the Euros. And um, Wales right now, I believe, their FIFA country ranking is 25th. So if you're going by FIFA country rankings, if Wales ends up getting that fourth spot to end up in the group, uh, group B with England, Iran, and the U.S., if Wales ends up in that spot, it means that all four of those teams are going to be ranked 25th or higher in the FIFA rankings. So if you're going by statistics, that when some people would argue that becomes the group of death. And I believe Wales would qualify for the first time since 1958. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, those groups are just so interesting. And we got to mention, you know, Italy, I mean, I swear to you, uh, it's just absolutely incredible. I mean, I don't know what's more painful. The fact that the four-time world champions failed to qualify for back-to-back World Cups or the fact that this time they failed to qualify as the reigning defending European champions. (laughs) It's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I mean, if you were to take a bet of Italy not making two World Cups in a row... Um, he would have thought, no way. Um, they had a chance to put Switzerland away in group play. They could have won the group, didn't get the job done. They came down to the playoffs. They played North Macedonia, a oh. uh, country of 1.7 million. And in a game that, uh, the Italians were just throwing everything but the kitchen sink at the Macedonians, but the ball just wouldn't go in. Macedonians get a wonder goal in the second minute of, uh, of injury time to shock the Italians. And then uh, they played Portugal. Portugal won decisively two zip. Um, and Portugal and Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo gets to play in his fifth World Cup. But, uh, but yeah, it's just incredible how that, how that happened with, with Italy. And uh, amazingly, though, the players are still wanting for Roberto Mancini to keep his job. They don't want him to lose his job. They feel like he did a good job. They just felt that, look, this was on us, the players. We just, we just didn't get the job done. Exactly. And honestly, you know, the, yeah, that's what I spoke about. You know, when Jorginho missed that penalty against Switzerland in the qualifiers, I was like, geez, I mean, Jorginho, I mean, I actually praise him because, you know, he took responsibility. But, you know, the, the fact that the, the Italians are not there, it's just, oh, man. Well, and then, you know, you want to talk about high drama. The Africa qualifications finished off this past week, too. Uh, as, a, as a Liverpool fan, I was just totally torn between Egypt, who Mo Salah, who's my favorite player, you know, Mo plays for them, Sadio Mane for Senegal. They had recently, in February, they beat the Egyptians in the uh, Africa Cup of Nations final. So it was really tough that, you know, either Senegal, the defending African champs, or Mo Salah, one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world right now, uh, possibly not making it to the World Cup. It's really too bad. 
it that is, yeah. won't be there. Uh, Nigeria, they gave up a draw at home to Ghana. Uh, yeah. to, to Ghana when, um, on away goals rule, it was a 1-1 draw, but it was 0-0 from the first match in Accra. So on away goals, the Black Stars punched their ticket. And, of course, this uh, caused a lot of, well, you call it melee, riot, fans storming the field. There were a lot of very, very pissed off Nigerians. And the Ghanaians had to do all they could to get off the field. Uh, Some serious ugliness in Dakar, uh, where Senegal was hosting the Egyptians, uh, fans were shining lasers at players and i mean to be fair in the in the first leg at cairo egyptian fans were shining lasers at the senegalese players but uh two wrongs don't make a right, right. you know it's i i i think that um caf the the body of african football I think there should be some sort of punishment laid down for both Senegal and for Egypt, where they might have to play a couple games behind closed doors. I agree. It's it's totally unacceptable on so many different li- on so many different levels. You know, shining a laser at players, and I I mean I'm watching this game on TV, and you can see the lasers on on the face of Mo Salah. You know, right before he was about to take his penalty. Uh, which he skied, uh, showing that even even the great Mo Salah is human too, and he can miss a penalty because he's the guy who normally takes the PKs for Liverpool, you know, nine times out of ten. And uh, in the final, in the Africa Cup of Nations final, the Egyptian coach waited towards the end of penalties, and by then it had already been decided, so Salah didn't even get a chance for a shot at goal in the, that final. So. To make up for that mistake, um, they decided to have Salah shoot first. He misses his. Actually, Egypt missed like its first two shots, if I recall. The first four total but, actually were missed. Senegal missed their first two as well. Yeah, Senegal was having a Senegal was having a tough time too on the first. It was really a, a major battle of nerves. But you know, uh, but Senegal's got Mendy. The, the Chelsea goalkeeper, who's just a fantastic talent. And, um, you know, Senegal, they, the, the African champs are, are going to be playing in Qatar. So that was good to see. Uh, Tunisia made it. Uh, Cameroon, high drama with, uh, with Cameroon playing Algeria. It looked like Algeria had won that match in overtime. They'd scored like the 119th or 120th minute. You know, people in Algiers are just losing their freaking minds because they feel like they've, they've got a chance to, to go back to the World Cup. And then off a set piece, a uh, nice little redirection of the ball into the box. Cameroon puts it away. And Cameroon, the Indomitable Lions, going back to the World Cup. It's one of those thrilling matches that we like to see. And, you know, in Algeria's case, unfortunately, that's back-to-back World Cups that they're not, that they're not participating in. Yeah, that was that was really, really too bad there. But, um, but I don't know. Do you want to go through the groups one by one, Alex? Or? Yes, yes, we should. And we'll go and start with the top. So, of course, the hosts, uh, Qatar, uh, the hosts are always in Group A, although I remember in 1998, France was actually not in Group A, so I guess that's something that must have changed. Or or as Michel Platini actually uh, revealed that it was uh, the draw was fixed, well, that's no surprise. But Group A is Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. You know, And I wrote a piece on this, and I said, obviously, Senegal and the Netherlands are obviously the overwhelming favorites, and Qatar... But I said Qatar did win the Asian Cup about three years ago. They've, they've, they don't have World Cup experience, and you know they don't have ex- being experience of being at a high stage, and they're under pressure as the host. But you know, now we said the same thing about Russia four years ago. That Russia wouldn't even make it out of the group stage, and they ended up going to the quarterfinals where they lost on penalties to Croatia. They beat Spain to make it to the final eight. So, but I think the situation this time is different. I don't think I, I don't see Senegal or Netherlands coughing up the chance to advancing out of the group stage. But I think 
the winner, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think the winner's probably going to decide the opening match of the group, which would be Senegal and the Netherlands. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of a wide-open group because you can't totally, you know, Ecuador making it right away out of South America. You know, they're not a bad side. Uh, Qatar, not much of a pedigree. Uh, yeah, they do have an Asian title under their belt from a couple of years ago. Uh, they did have some flashes of good play when they were playing in um, – that gold cup tournament last summer here That's in the right. US, yeah. where they made it to the, to the semifinals. But uh, I, I do think Senegal can um, qualify out of this group. Holland, Holland is the Netherlands is it's arguably the best soccer nation to have not won the world cup. Oh, definitely. Uh, they, they've lost in three finals it's a team that's just loaded from top to bottom with stars. The, the catch has always been with the Dutch as to whether these strong personalities, uh, all these alpha personalities, if they could actually mesh into a team. But as far as the pedigree of the players and Holland, you know, let's not forget, they looked really good in group play in the euros last year. They played really, really well, but I think Netherlands has to be the favorite of this group. Um, I'm going to pick Senegal in a mild surprise to uh, finish second in the group. Okay. Uh, ahead of Ecuador and Qatar, I just don't think Qatar gets out of group play. Uh, I mean, I don't feel the same way too. I mean, as far as the Netherlands goes, you know, I mentioned this in the piece. You know, three-time runners-up, and you know, they they didn't qualify. You know, four years ago, and. You know, in the Euro, they lost in the round of 16 to Denmark. and uh, to Denmark, or I think it was with the Czech Republic. Uh, I forgot who they... But I know that the Netherlands started off well in the group stage, but then the, the, they lost in the round of 16. I believe it was either the Czech Republic or the Netherlands, but I don't remember. But, <clears throat> but the Netherlands, you know, more than anything, they want that title because they, the, the last time they won a major title was in 1988. I mean... <sighs> It's it's been tough for them because, like you say, they're like the best team in the world to to have never won the World Cup, and that's definitely true. So, if the Netherlands is to make a run and to and to prove themselves that they are worthy title contenders, the first thing they got to do is to win the group. And you know the fact that the, their their first match is Netherlands versus Senegal. I mean, that's definitely a match I'm gonna have to sit down and watch. I can I can't wait for it. But I have Netherlands winning winning the. I mean, I have Netherlands winning the group with Senegal. But part of me believes that it, the winner is going to be decided on goal differential. Like, don't be surprised if Senegal Netherlands ends in a draw. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how that goes out, and then uh, whoever finishes first and second from Group A, they will get first and second out of the very intriguing Group B that the United States landed with: England, uh, Iran. And then whoever comes out of that Euro playoff between the Ukrainians, Scots, or the Welsh, it's a very interesting group. A little bit of history with the U.S. and England, uh, arguably the greatest upset in soccer history from the 1950 World Cup when the U.S. beat England 1-0. And then in 2010 in South Africa, uh, the U.S. uh, had a draw with England, a game that England frankly, looked the better of the two sides. Um, Pickford lit in, you know, fairly soft goal, a little daisy cutter that he probably should have had, but it was a 1-1 draw. So uh, England has never beaten the U.S. in a World Cup, interestingly enough. And even with all – it's a loaded team. I mean, they did finish uh, second in the Euros last year, uh, losing, losing in overtime to the Italians. But uh, it's a team that is loaded. The British press uh, is feeling extremely confident of this group. Um, Iran, uh, this is a team that the U.S. knows uh, back in the the infamous 98 World Cup when there was so much disharmony among the squad and the coach on that team. And uh, the U.S. lost to Iran in a game that they really felt that they should have won. Uh, the Iranians are much to, much improved, by the way. Uh, that's for American fans that feel like this is 
going to be a, an easy win. Uh, the Iranians have some talent. They've got some people that are playing in Europe. Uh, but clearly, from international politics, you know, there, there's an awful lot with this U.S. and, and Iran match. And then, um, of course, if Scotland or Wales qualifies for the World Cup and being in the same group with England, uh, that would be kind of an interesting phenomenon if, if that were to happen. And then, um, but I do think for a lot of neutrals, I think a lot of neutrals are hoping that the Ukrainians can somehow qualify for Qatar. But uh, it's a wide open group. Uh, and it's and it's so hard to say what's going to change for the U.S. as far as the the lineup. You know, could guys get healthy? Can McKinney get healthy? Um, and then in the next few months, who's who's going to show up? Who's going to pop up on the scene that nobody had heard of before? So uh, clearly, the U.S. needs to get a little bit better scoring out of their nine position. Uh, Ricardo Pepe has been fairly quiet of late this spring uh ferrera had a goal in the game against panama in orlando and that's the that's the first center forward score that the u.s had had since uh playing in the fall but uh it's an interesting group it is and to be honest you know and i explained that the, the united states believe it or not they could they can actually win the group i mean the one thing they got to do is if they can, if they win their opening game, if they hold England to a draw somehow, or if they manage to pull off the major upset again and beat them, and then you know finishing the game against Iran, you know the U.S. could win could win the group. But I, I mean, as we speak realistically, I have England winning it and U.S. finishing second. But you know, until what we saw in 2010, I mean, hey, the same thing can happen. Fate can certainly re- repeat itself. But as far as Iran goes, you know, Iran's never never made it out of the group stage. They only have two world. They only have two wins on on the uh, you know, participating in the World Cup. So and and four years ago, they were actually close to actually making it out of the group stage. And you know, in, in Iran, you know, is they're licking their chops like they wanna they want to avenge that. But you know, uh, with the United States, you know, having like arguably like the best squad, it's probably like a very young and talented team. You know, that's how I describe it, young and talented. And the inexperience might be a problem, but. When you got these young players that are motivated and they want to make an impact, because they know that four years late, four years from now, they'll be one of the co's along with Mexico and Canada. So I mean, this is the third test right there. Like, well, they passed the third test by qualifying, so this will be test number four that I've been talking about since you know they won the Concacaf Nations League, the inaugural one. So I'll have to see how things go on this one. But I I, I can't count out the U.S. But I don't think they I, I don't think England is going to allow the U.S. to be, to win to win the group again this time. But never say never. I think you have to have England as the favorites to win the group. I think the U.S. if they if they can play as well as they're capable of with this young team, I think they can take second in this group. Uh, group C is fairly interesting: Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. Um, I've already got a bold prediction for you. I'm already calling it. Mexico won't make it out. Pol- I think Poland. I think Poland is actually gonna be the second team. I, I have because. Alexi Lawless recently, and I, and I mentioned this article, Alexi Lawless dis- recently described this Mexican team as the weakest he's ever seen. I don't know if you saw that. Well, this weakest Mexican team that you've ever seen still got 28 points in qualifying and still finished second in the region. So, you know, they, they have it, you know, is it a team with high style points of back when guys like Hugo Sanchez uh, was playing? Um you know, the attack definitely looks a bit stifled. Uh, they frankly did not look really impressive when the United States played Mexico at the Azteca. Uh, well, you, know what's, you know what's interesting? Mexico, with the entire, like, this qualifying uh, group, they went with, they were unable to beat Mexico and the United States. How interesting is that? Yeah, but I but I agree with you. I think, I think Argentina is the clear-cut favorite to win the group. I think Poland takes second. I mean, because I mentioned this in the article. I mean, there's Robert Lewandowski, and I and I said Lewandowski cannot carry the team by himself, obviously. But Poland has a, actually has a very talented team, so I don't think Poland's gonna have to rely solely on their superstar, Mr. Robert Lewandowski, to carry the team. 
But I'm calling. I have Argentina winning the group. They just, you know, they won the the Copa America title last summer, and ironically, they won it in Brazil, beating Brazil in the final. I mean, what are the odds? And obviously, you know, with Argentina's case, you know, this probably would be the last time Lionel Messi plays in the World Cup. I mean, we don't we don't know. We've said that before, but Lionel Messi, you know, now in his mid 30s. I mean, we don't know how much he has left. So, but the way I see it is, I have Argentina winning the group with Poland in second, and then Mexico finishing third, and as far as Saudi Arabia goes, I mean, they never they never really have a, a respectable run. I mean, they went to the round of 16 back in 1994, but but other than that, Saudi Arabia's track record in the World Cup is not is very is anything but convincing. It's pretty lean. Uh, Group D, France definitely got the the rub of the Irish. Uh, get Group D. It's a very winnable group. France, Denmark. <laughs> Uh, and then whoever comes out of that playoff sequence, Australian United Arab Emirates going to have to play a playoff at Qatar. And then whoever wins the match in Qatar, they get the South American fifth place team, which is Peru. I think Peru comes out of that. I think as far as with group play, um, I think France, if they're, if they're capable of playing how they're capable of with the, the sheer level of talent that they have, I think they win the group. I think a reborn Denmark and one Christian Eriksen, who has now scored goals uh, for both country and club. He's had a goal today for Brentford uh, in their win at Chelsea. I think Denmark comes second out of Group D. You know, believe it or not, even, even though I plan on doing an episode, and I hope to have you on for it, is the five dark horse, potential dark horses of this, of this tournament – I'm not fully convinced that, but I think Denmark actually has potential of, of being a dark horse because hey, they we saw what they did at Euro 2020 after their opening game against Finland when Christian Eriksen suffered the cardiac arrest. Denmark went to the semifinals, so I, I think another magical run is certainly within them because you know they are talented. And talking about France, I mean, you know, we all remember what happened to them 20 years ago when they were the defending champions, lost their opening game to Senegal. And didn't even score a single goal twenty years ago, and it was it was, it was such a massive disappointment. It was it was and it was humiliating. But you know, lately everybody knows. You know, I do not trust Didier Deschamps, obviously, because of the his use of tactics and formations and the lack of leadership. I mean, sometimes I even think the players don't even trust him. But other than that, you know, it, it's the the players' behavior that's also the problem because you know I would say if they don't get their shit together to act together you know it's going to be 2002 all over again so it's the lack of chemistry and winning mentality that's always been a problem for the French national team that they've always had the talent but it's the focus that that's the biggest problem so if France has a is focused with a with a team chemistry and if Deschamps can actually figure out how, how to use his players correctly then France can possibly win the title again which I hope Although, I'll be honest, I always say no matter what, Zidane needs to take over the team. It's time for Zizou to take over the team. I think a lot of people feel that he will. Uh, Group E, Spain, Germany, Japan, and then whoever wins the Intercontinental Playoff between New Zealand and Costa Rica, which I think will be Costa Rica. Um, The Spaniards are loaded. they, They are a formidable side. And um, I think that, you know, some of these young Spaniards that are coming up, uh, you know, they're getting new blood there. Yeah. I think I, th- I think Spain wins this group. Oh, really? I think, yeah. I th- I'll pick Spain to win the group over Germany. Um, I just, I, I, I don't see Costa Rica being able to do much to leapfrog either of these two teams. Japan was unlucky uh to not make it to the round of 16 in the last in the last world cup uh they lost a really really tough game against belgium yeah that, that was in the round of 16 that was excuse me round of 16 yeah. they blew the two nothing lead and like in the closing minutes uh i think uh I don't, I don't remember who it was that scored. I, I think it was lukaku who might have scored the game winning goal but i just remember that you know after a save thibaut courtois Starts leads that throws the ball and then the Belgian attack you know starts a charge and I mean I don't remember who scored the winning goal but yeah but uh, but you know the the Japanese can play um, yeah you know they're they're a fun team to watch uh, they're fast they're well conditioned they're well disciplined uh, you know they certainly have the capable 
it, I think it'll be between the Japanese and the Germans for second place in Group E. Myself, um, Group F. Well, Bel- actually, got a couple words to say about Group E because you know. Oh, go- yeah, I, I, don't worry. I, 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 I'm excited too, Steve. I'm excited too. Don't worry. But speaking of Spain, you know, I praised the Spanish team on on this article and the fact that they are they're now they're young. They're very young and they, they, they do have some experience, but they're young. They have a brilliant manager and leader in Luis Enrique. And I did mention they narrowly lost the Nations League title to France. I mean, everybody still says the Nations League is worthless, but I always tell people, look, if, if it's a if there's a title to win, it's got meaning to it. I just people just don't like the international breaks. But see, Spain has a very young and formidable team. I mean, that midfield. I believe that, that Luis Enrique is building a midfield and building a golden generation that's going to be 10 times stronger than the previous Spanish golden generation that won two European championships and a World Cup. I'm telling you, like, if you think Spain was strong before, believe me, Spain, a new golden generation is coming, but we're going to see a stronger Spanish side than we've ever seen. I guarantee you four years from now, Spain is going to be a heavy favorite for the World Cup. So, Group F. Well, and well, I guess I got something oh, to say about, about Germany. Well, Germany has a uh, Hansi Dieter Flick, uh, the former Bayern Munich manager, who's a longtime assistant uh, for the German national team. He he's definitely turning turn the, the team around now. Germany, as we know, what what happened to women four years ago, bottom of the group, out of the group stage for the first time since 1938. And when you think of German soccer, you think nothing of it's it's nothing but. but except success and dominant and great soccer. But Germany has not been the same since their ru- collapse in Russia. So as far as Germany goes, I can see them winning the group. They could, they can win the title. You never want to count them out. But I think realistically, there's no way they, they don't make it to the quarterfinals. So if they if they do, if they get eliminated in the tournament, if they don't win, it's either they either lose in the quarterfinals or they lose after that. They, there's no way that it's going to be as bad as it was four years ago. And as far as Japan goes, I mean, Japan has never really had much success in the World Cup. They were so close four years ago to make to pulling off one of the biggest upsets ever. Unfortunately, they crumbled under, under pressure, but the Japanese team is fun to watch. I think J- Japan might be a little bit overwhelmed. So, But yeah, now, now we get to Group F. So lead the way, Steve. This is pretty much going to be the final shot of that golden generation of Belgians. That's, to... a, that's exactly what I said on that piece. To win, to win hardware. This is their last shot. And, and, and for real this time, because we've said this, how many times have we said this before, Steve, about this being Belgium's last chance? I think this time, you and I, we are 250% dead serious. If it doesn't happen this time, it's finished. This is it. <laughs> you know, all these great players, Aku, De Bruyne, uh, you know, there's yeah. it, such a, it's such a good team. Roberto Martinez, I think, has done a good job managing belgium um canada who i think arguably right i mean they were in pot three but let's face it i think right now they had they had the better qualifying tournament compared to the u.s or mexico big time this canadian team is super strong for the first time since 1986 ladies and gentlemen 1986, the Canadians are in the World Cup. And, you know, and I mentioned, their current manager previously managed the Canadian women's national team and, and had success with them, made them very good, okay? And then he then he moves over to the, to the men's national team. So I figured, well, the way you see it, if he was able to succeed with the women's national team, there's no doubt he could do so with the men's national team. And bring up their rankings to the top 40, their highest, I believe, ever. I mean, that, that already is amazing. But let's not deny Canada has talent, and I'm and I'm not just talking about Alfonso Davies. I'm talking about other talent, including a striker who plays for Lille by the name of I believe Jonathan David, who's like Jonathan twenty David. years old. Who's like 21, 20 years old. Yeah, he's a hell of a player. You know, he's Tim Weah's teammate over at Lille. Uh, Tyler Buchanan, um, or excuse me, Trayvon Buchanan. This guy has just unbelievable pace. I mean, the whole Canadian squad, I mean, the, the team speed, 
And I realize in soccer, there's more than just running and speed. You know, it's not a four by 100 race in the Olympics, but, but the thing when you have team speed, um, it forces other teams into mistakes and, uh, you know, they, they showed it in spades during, during qualifying and, um, joining the Canadians, Morocco, you know, they're, you know, at world cups quite a bit, Croatia runners up, uh, gave France really a hell of a game in the final, uh, four years ago. Uh, the Croatians are very ring smart, you know, they've got the guys like Modric, uh, they're, Brozovic, yeah. they're very, they're very ring smart. They're very savvy. I think Croatia is getting a bit long in the tooth. So I do think Belgium should finish top of this group. I'm actually going to pick Canada as a surprise and finish second in this group. I think the Canadians will actually make it to the round of 16 out of this group. I absolutely 250% agree with you on that one, Steve. Croatia still has their talent, but Croatia immediately after the World Cup, they immediately just fell like, I mean, I, I don't know, like sunk quicker than the freaking Titanic. I mean, it, it kind of tells you like Croatia was probably a one-hit wonder in, in the World Cup four years ago. And I hate to say that because I love Luka Modric, you know, aside, you know, I would say my favorite, you know, Real Madrid uh, midfielder after Zidane. It's probably Luka Modric, although there's probably other players I'm probably not thinking of because there's so many damn good ones. But Croatia is, they've got talent, no doubt, but I just don't, they're nowhere near the team they were four years ago. But the, the run four years ago at this point, because how bad things have gone after that, it, it's a one-hit one wonder. But, you know, and go back to Belgium, you know, I'm, I'm actually wondering, could you imagine if Eden Azal is not selected? And the reason, and people will say, how, how can I think that? Well, Azal has just, I'll be honest, I think Ian Hazel, I'm convinced now, he's probably the, the biggest bust in Real Madrid history. Like, how many injuries now has he had playing in, in the Spanish capital? It's been a whole bunch, you know, and he's, he's not playing, and it's like, you know, if you're not playing regular first-team ball, I mean, I don't know how Roberto Martinez, you know, is able to take him. I mean, he certainly has... He's a player that you could also say on the other side he's high risk, high reward because I remember how good he was at Chelsea and how good he was at Lille. Um, you know, Hazard is definitely a player, uh, but just the last two and a half, three years, uh, you know, he's he's been in the medics' office more than he's been on the field. So. Uh, there's a part of me that's wondering if Roberto Martinez just psychologically has just moved on from Hazard and maybe he's just hoping against hope that he could get healthy, stay healthy so that he could be brought along to Qatar because if he's playing and if he's in form, uh, you know, he's a hell of a player, you know, yes. anybody ought to have him on your team. Yeah. Big time. But, but go back out. Yeah, I agree with you about Canada and, I'm, okay, I'm already going to give a little spoiler on the top five dark horses. I think Canada is obviously, in my opinion, because how good they are, they are already a potential dark horse for this tournament. I mean, their, their current captain, I, I forgot his name. You know, he, He's been around for a long time. He's, you know, he's uh, 38, 39 years old. I mean, probably, obviously not much left. You know, playing at that age is brutal. I mean, just ask Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, all the injuries he's been suffering lately. I mean, soccer takes a toll on your body i mean not like rugby or, or uh, wrestling but but yeah i can't i just can't, i just think that you know everybody thinks so you know, canada like you know it, it's a surprise why would canada be in the world cup because you know hockey is their sport not soccer but i did explain that in, the, in my episode when canada qualified I'm like hockey will always be the top sport in canada but believe it or not a lot of canadians that i know that i've spoken to who listen to the show that actually told me that soccer is actually getting more and more popular Although, well let's yeah. not forget Get to Canada is a country of immigrants. Yeah, and you know they have players whose families immigrated to Canada from the Caribbean, from Africa. Uh, as I recall, I think Alfonso Davies' family, I think, came from Liberia. Yeah, they did. So, so, you know, you you have a lot of immigrant kids that are playing, and I mean that was our base for our players for a long time. But I think I think people don't realize that 
there's a lot of people from soccer playing countries that are immigrating to Canada and they're having their kids there and they're getting involved in the youth system. And clearly something's working because, you know, right now, uh, the Canadian men and the Canadian women right now, they're the two top sides in CONCACAF, whether, you know, American or Mexican fans want to admit that reality or not, you know, that's up to them. But I think right now they're the, they're the two best. I mean, okay, come on. They cannot deny it. Canada won the gold medal and they beat the United States actually to get to the final. And, and, and the fact that I think they beat the United States for the first time since what, like 2001 or something like that. But yeah. the bottom line is the Canadian women's team won the gold medal. You cannot take that from them. I, look, Steve, I'm sure you'll agree with this because you're a lifelong soccer fan. I mean, you've loved soccer since even way before I was born. I didn't mean to, don't make, mean to make you feel old. But if you love and appreciate soccer the way guys like you and me do and, and some of the boys at, at the uh, Stop at Time FC uh, Facebook group that we're part of, you have to be willing to give the credit to where credit's due. If you have that much love and respect for the game, you don't deny credit to a team that uh, that has rightfully deserved it. I mean, Canadian soccer is getting big, and one of the one of my uh, most loyal Canadian uh, listeners had to actually correct me on one thing because I, I I said Montreal Impact, but they're actually no longer called that. But 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 he understood. I mean, well, he 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 says, yeah, I mean, it's no problem. But you know, there's three MLS teams you know, in Canada. There's one in Vancouver. There's the T- Toronto, and there's one in, in Montreal. So you know, so so that would explain it. And from what I'm told, Toronto FC is extremely popular, so that's even more proof that soccer is actually getting there. But it'll never be quite as it'll never be bigger than hockey. But soccer is getting is getting big. Yeah, no, they're the Canadians are legit. Bottom yeah. line, uh, I do, I you know, they are my pick to uh, to surprise and make it out of group play. Group G is kind of an interesting group: Brazil, Serbia, and let's not forget the Serbia is finished ahead of Portugal yes. in group play. Out yes. of Europe, yes. Uh, Switzerland, <laughs> Switzerland upset France in last year's Euros. Cameroon back at the World Cup. Um, are they are they capable of recapturing the ghosts of 1990 in Italy when um, they beat Argentina, the defending champs? Uh, Opening game. They all. Almost beat, almost beat England in the quarterfinals. Uh, that was an epic game that went to uh, overtime, and Cameroon finally lost uh, to England in that game. But um, so it's it's kind of an interesting group. Brazil right now is loaded, and that's my team going into this World Cup, barring injuries. I think that's my favorite to win it. I mean, from Allison Becker, who's Liverpool's uh, top choice goalkeeper. You know, they've got. They've got a lot of people that can hurt you from pretty much every position. Um, I mean, almost all of their starters are starting in one of the big leagues in Europe and are are major league players. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, can Brazil come back and can they win their first World Cup since 2002? I think this team has a legitimate chance. It's kind of hard to imagine Brazil going more than 20 years without winning a World Cup. But I think Brazil can get that seventh star for their seventh World Cup t- I mean, it, it did title. happen from 1970 to 1994. I mean, that, that was their uh, long, uh, that was their long uh, World Cup title. Uh, the, that, that was that drought, you know, the, without winning the title. But, yeah, you're right. You know, uh, I can't imagine. I'd imagine who's going to be called up. I imagine Philippe Coutinho will be there. I'm, would, uh, I'd be shocked if Neymar wasn't. But, you know, Rodrigo, uh, the young Real Madrid guy, and I mean, I probably, but I don't know. But but yeah, you know, as far as Brazil goes, I mean, yeah, they would love to win it because the last time they won it was it was twenty years ago. And I mean, as much as I want France to win it again, I mean, you know, Brazil, you know, you never count out Brazil. But and we said the same thing about them four years ago, you know, and of course, you know, in twenty fourteen in Brazil, and you know, we all know how bad that went. But but like you said, it's the injuries. But if anything, if there's injuries, that's usually what prevents Brazil, but it's more than that. I mean, sometimes Brazil lacks a winning mentality as well. I mean, Brazil's just they've, just... they've just really changed from the days of Ronaldo, Cafu, and all those guys, but, but you never count them out. But as far as second place goes, it's really a huge... It's a contest between Switzerland and Cameroon. And I said, even though Switzerland might be the favorite to finish second, you don't want to count out Cameroon. Cameroon... 
has a very good team. And their captain, Vincent Aboubacar, is a goal-scoring machine. I think if there's any country that can surprise and, and make it out of group play to the round of the 16, I think the Indomitable Lions, Indomitable Lions have a shot. I think uh, second place out of this group, I'm actually going to go with the Serbs. because. Really? I, yeah, because I just think they have the ability to be able to grind out a result. You know, they're they're physical, um, very disciplined on defense. I I think the Serbs actually can grind out and get get second place ahead of the Swiss or the Cameroonians. I mean, they did they did beat Portugal in in Lisbon, by the way. So, yep. And that's a nice segue into Group H. Speaking of Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. In my opinion, this is the most wide open group of of all of all the different groups. Uh, Portugal, you know, sometimes in spite of all that star power, you know, they've got Ronaldo, um, they've got Diego Jota, Jao uh, Felix. You know, Juan Felix. Or, or and, if that's how you pronounce it, I'm, I deeply apologize if I mispronounce. Bruno Bruno Fernandez, um, you know, who scored a brace in the the qualifying win over Macedonia. Uh, Black Stars. Um, all I can say is that uh, American fans are probably glad that Ghana is not in their group. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the Black Stars, you know, uh, very professional. Uh, they they went they got a tough result they were able to get a goal in Nigeria and knock Nigeria out because I really thought going in I thought Nigeria was going to win that playoff and the Ghanaians kind of surprised them Uruguay Uruguay just cruised in uh, South American qualifying they finished third overall and if you watched um, their last game um, Suarez scores just a really nice over the head bicycle kick uh, you know he just keeps on cruising he he played for Uruguay uh, famously or infamously back in the 2010 the handball the handball against Ghana and uh, they ended up missing the PK after that and then uh, Uruguay ended up winning winning on uh, PKs and they had a pretty good run Uruguay actually made it to the semifinals uh, that was a tournament when Diego Forlon, he was it was he was probably the man of the tournament. He was the best player, yeah. Uh he was phenomenal for the Uruguayans. One of my favorite players ever. So you know, for a country of only just a hair over three million, it, it never ceases to amaze me how Uruguay just so punches above their weight in terms of in terms of soccer. Uh and they keep making it back to the World Cup, but they still got some skill guys. You know, granted, the guys like uh, Caviani, like Suarez, yeah, they're getting pretty long in the tooth, but they still were able to get the job done in South American qualifying. Uh, the South Koreans, uh, semifinalists from the 2002 World Cup that was co-hosted by South Korea and Japan, uh, the South Koreans always bring a lot of conditioning. They, they're almost always the best conditioned team at the World Cup, uh, they could just run all day, and um, in Son, they've got one of the best attackers from the EPL, and you know he could be South Korea's talisman. But uh, but I think in this particular group, I think I'm actually going to pick Uruguay as a mild surprise to win the group. I think Portugal will find a way to finish second, but um, but it, this is really a wide open group. You know, it's it's tough to tough to really say on that. I think I think either Ghana or South Korea. You know, they have they have enough. I think too, where you know they could they could surprise somebody and get one of those spots to get into the round of sixteen. They do. You know, I just imagine. You know. Ghana, you know, Ghana is not forgotten about what happened about 12 years ago. 
you know, if Luis Suarez being there, I'm sure. I mean, I, I I don't know if any of the players from the from the 2010 Ghana squad are actually going to be on this squad, but I'm pretty sure those players themselves they probably remember that moment. So, you know, in Ghana, man, they were so close to being the the, the first African nation to make it to the final four, but having a heartbreak. But and of course, you know, Uruguay and Portugal, the round of 16 rematch from four years ago. So. Yeah, it is wide open group, and South Korea, of course, you know, they're only like, I mean, that run they had in 2002, I mean, the controversy that, that surrounds that, you know, especially that game against Italy with that, that clueless ref that was just literally had no idea what the heck he was doing, but, yeah, it is wide open group, and yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Uruguay actually won this group. And, and at one point, I think, it didn't look like as though Uruguay would actually not be able to qualify because how bad the results were at one point. Early on, they had a couple of bad results early on, but down the home stretch, the Uruguayans played pretty well. So, um, so yeah. So I think uh, it'll be it'll be an interesting World Cup. Um, I don't know as far as people, uh, you know, traveling. Uh, don't know how the nightlife's going to be in Doha. I know that one of the things that. Uh, one of the organizers for this World Cup, he had a bit of advice for uh, gay fr- gay fans or fans who plan on flying the rainbow flag. He's pretty much said, you know, you don't want to do that. He's pretty much warned them, uh, saying, you know, you can stay, you can come, you can stay together with your partner, but we don't want you agitating things publicly in the streets or in the stadium. So, um, it casts a little bit of a shadow, um, you know, the fact that he felt the need to forewarn fans like that, but, uh, who, 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 who exactly did that, said that? It was one of the, one of the heads of the organizing committee. Oh, well, the fact that he did that, they're probably going to do it on purpose anyway, because they're going to take a, they're going to take a stance, the evil and the hatred. Well, you know, uh, in, in, cer- in certain parts of the world, you know, if and and this also includes Russia, you know, uh, Russian authorities, if you were going to be flying that rainbow flag or doing any pro-gay rights stuff, whether it was at the Sochi Olympics in 2014 or the World Cup when it was in Russia four years ago, uh, you know, the Russians were, you know, they were pretty draconian as far as how they handled those demonstrations as well. So, um, but anyway, that's, that's just it. But, uh, I'm just curious how many fans are going to be able to go. I'm curious how they're going to be as far as for putting up all these fans. Do they, do they actually have the hotel infrastructure around there to be able to handle all of these all of these fans i know that there's also been talk that what the qataris have said is with a lot of these stadia since it's it's not a big population place and on a day-to-day basis they can't possibly support uh all of these big stadiums that are being built is the word is is that most of these stadiums are going to be deconstructed and shipped and rebuilt elsewhere so um so I guess on the bright side, that's going to save the problem of having uh, kind of these white elephant stadiums that are going to ruin kind of like what you've seen from um, the Athens Olympics in 2004 or, or the Rio Olympics and the Brazilian World Cup that was 2014. There's a couple of those stadia that are pretty much collecting moss at this point. So... Uh, it'll be good for those stadiums to, for somebody else to get some use out of them. But um, all I know is it'll make for a very, very interesting uh, holiday season here in North America for soccer fans uh, getting up early because a lot of those first games are going to be where I live in the L.A. area. Some of these early games are going to be 6 a.m. on the East Coast, so that makes it 3 a.m. here. And then after that, I think the next starting time would be 5 a.m. And then the next one would be 8 a.m. So uh, it'll be interesting. But I think I think the U.S. plays England on Black Friday, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. 
So watching, watching, getting up a little early, uh, have a little spiced coffee and watch uh, England and the U.S. go at it in the World Cup. Uh, that sure beats trying to do Black Friday shopping, to say the least. Uh, and I, I, and uh, chances are, you know, I might be in California during that time because you know my brother is uh, who, who at the time will be stationed at Camp Pendleton. So I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll we'll see how, how things play out. And I mean, it's it's good. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough, you know, to get up that that, that early, but you know, I mean, I, I I don't know, we'll see, but I'm I just know that I'm excited, and hopefully France uh, can actually get, maybe make another brilliant run and win the title. And but speaking of France, I gotta ask you, we all know that that Benzema is certainly gonna get the call up. Do you think Giroud might 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 not get called up on in this World Cup? Well, I don't know. Every time they put a French jumper on him, all the guy does is score goals. Yeah. He's he's like I think he's like three goals away from breaking the record. You know, you know, last week he had a couple of goals and those friendlies for France. Um, you know, he looked good. He looked good coming on against the Ivory Coast. Uh, you know, and he scored in the following game too against South Africa. So, um, I know he, I know he's a guy that a lot of French fans you know love to hate, but you know he may not be doing a ton with AC Milan, but every time Didier Deschamps calls him up, I mean, the guy produces. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. They're not giving him... AC Milan is just not willing to give him the, the, the amount of chances. I mean, Chelsea was unable to do it, and Deschamps was just willing... The fact that Deschamps trusts him, I mean, that's one one thing I can still respect about Deschamps. But I was like, you know what? At this point, you need the two big veterans. You, you need Benzema and Giroud to guide the youngsters. I mean, I'm sure Mbappe, that could certainly help Mbappe. I mean, Mbappe, you know, he's 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 gonna be he's 23 years old and still like, like it seems like it's been he's been around forever, but he's still like he's still just a kid and can't imagine some of the younger guys that will be there as well. But you know, if you then you have now you have Griezmann who's 31, so now you have the three veteran these three veterans leading the attack. I mean, just imagine it. now as long as they have their act together, they they're focused and have that winning mentality. Then France, you know, should there's no excuse for France not to win the title. But speaking of youngsters, you know, who, who do you believe? Uh, and I really want to take a little bit of time about talking about about the French squad. But who do you expect to be selected for France? You know what? I can't even begin to say because right now Deschamps has such an embarrassment of riches. Uh, the country keeps producing phenomenal young talent. I mean, Kamavinga overall has played, you know, pretty well with Real Madrid. I think Kamavinga is going to get. He was not in Russia four years ago. I think Kamavinga certainly gets a call up. He, he better. I mean, if he doesn't, I actually will legitimately be pissed off. Come, but I, mean, I get it. He doesn't have the experience. He, he doesn't always have the best results. But he's got to start somewhere. I mean. I don't. I mean, if he doesn't start, that's fine. But he's got to have that experience. Bring him as a as a reserve player. But uh, it's it's so hard to say. I can't, I can't even say because so much can change in six months. Yeah, big time. And I imagine Presnel Kipembe will, will certainly get the call up. I mean, he was he was on the squad four years ago, but he was a reserve player. And Kipembe, you know. Does his best at PSG, and you know, really a player that doesn't make excuses. You know, he he takes responsibility for his mistakes. But I expect, uh, you know, w- William Saliba, who recently actually got his first call up, who actually started the game against South Africa, played ex- played very very good. Who who's currently playing for Marseille, who's on loan from um, Arsenal. William Saliba, I would certainly love to have him get called up. Uh, Jules Condé, I would be shocked if I would be shocked if he wasn't selected. But dude, I also believe Theo Hernandez might be actually France's most surprising player in this turn in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Deschamps has an embarrassment of riches. Um, you know, it it would be nice. To, a, a lot of managers would love to have his problem. Big time. I mean, as far as the midfielding goes, you know, Rabiot is actually playing great. Uh, Matteo Guendouzi, who's also playing for Marseille, you know, recently scored his first international goal. Also had his first assist as well. You know, so yes, these play these players. I mean, they're really playing at a level like you can see the players. They trust one another. As, as long as that happens, as long as the players are on the same page, I think they'll be fine. Because I still believe that when France won the Nations League, 
they did it as they, they played as a team. But you know, my and I spoke this with my dad. I don't. I told my dad. I don't. I doubt that the players really put their full trust on Deshaun. I kind of feel like the players did their own thing and it worked out. I mean, sometimes you know, if the players got to take matters in their own hands to win the title for their country, then you do it. No, no question. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm excited and. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly when the squads will be out, but you know, I'm certainly excited to see the the American squad as well, for sure. And uh, lots of excitement coming up. I can't wait. Yeah, and so much again, so much can change because you don't know about injuries. You don't know who's young that's going to make a splash with their club teams in, in whatever country. And um, you know, I'm just hoping that. Um, McKinney can get recovered from that ankle surgery. I'll tell you whose stock really has risen a lot for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, Gio Reyna, Claudio's kid. You know, he played great against Mexico. uh, And, you know, he played really solid game against against the Panamanians in, in Orlando. But... His dad, Claudio, was a great player, but they're two very, very different players. Claudio was more of a holding defensive midfielder. Uh, Gio's got mad skills that his dad could only dream of as far as with uh, ball at foot, dribbling, and shooting. He's just such an amazing young talent, and I'm glad that he got healthy enough to be able to play for the U.S. men's national team in these last three games of qualifying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Steve, thank you so much for finally coming back, and I cannot wait to have you back on. You take care, partner. Everybody have a great week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.